0: Hey friends, Dean here with some exciting news to share. You can now buy us a coffee. That's right. You can help support independent content creators like us by becoming a member of the 3324 Green Room at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324. Our episodes will always be free and that will not change. But your support at buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 will help us continue to bring you the best in music and movie podcasting in our humble opinion. As a Green Room supporter, you'll not only have our undying gratitude, but you'll also be able to vote on which episodes we record and receive other perks for as low as $3 per month. That's the price of a cup of coffee. There's absolutely no obligation, and nothing about the show will change. It's not going behind a paywall. Go to buymeacoffee.com slash 3324 for all the details. The link will be in the show notes of every episode as well. We'll see you in the Green Room. In this episode, put on your life jacket and get on board the yacht with us as we join Steely Dan in the pursuit of musical perfection with their album Asia. Stay with us. Get ready for the 3324 podcast, where lifelong friends Dean Leggero and Eric Cooper share their love of all things music and movies. Dean has directed short films and is a music trivia buff, and Eric, trained in audio engineering, brings his extensive knowledge of music and film to the conversation as they discuss, debate, and celebrate their favorite albums, films, and much more. Welcome, friends, to the 3324 Podcast. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it so much. We have a big ask. You've obviously found us here, but you know what? Finish the job and go on to social media. Join us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324 podcast. If you're into the Twitter thing, you we're there too with uh, 3324p. And joined as always by my good friend. I've known him a lifetime. <laughs> Eric Cooper, and he might he would say he might say it's a life sentence. <laughs>
1: <Hey>. <laughs> oh, wow, I like how he puts words in my mouth. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, no. <laughs> Oh, it's it's a, it's always a pleasure, always a pleasure.
0: <laughs> he's he's keeping it uh, he's keeping it low key. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have no comment.
1: <laughs> no comment. What? No. Oh
0: boy. So, what? What? It, this is this album Steely Dan's Asia was one of the first ones uh, mm-hmm. I know I, when we started this. This was like one of those foundational albums that I felt was important to talk about and celebrate.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, it was just like kind of when we were you know when that master list was being made. You know, when I was when we were contemplating this and and figuring out what we were going to do and and what kind of content, this album was like right there. It was it was fully in the mix with
1: everything. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, I agree. Perfect perfection. That's I mean it's, you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump the gun here, but let's you know. <laughs> well, I said,
0: I said in the beginning too. I mean, oh, yeah, let's. If, if you're not into Steely Dan, hopefully this episode will will compel you to at least listen to this album. So let's start off as we always do with the stats. Of course, mm. we love stats. I love statistics. That's what that's my my yes, life is statistics. Indeed, yes. And trivia. And trivia. I, I, the trivia king. Take, take this knowledge in and I absorb it. Uh, yeah. Hold it for, for decades if need be. And then it'll come out when 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 needed. I'll just pull out this, you know, <laughs> random information that no one really cares about. So this album was released in September of 1977, produced by Gary Katz. And he produced every Steely Dan album. He went, yeah. you know, from at least from their original run, uh, their, you know, their 70s to 1980 run. Uh, this won a Grammy award, not surprisingly, or surprising that it didn't win more, but it won for Best Engineering. Mm-hmm. Hit number three on the billboard charts, and it did it quite quickly. It rose up the charts pretty fast and was certified two times platinum, which is hard to believe. That's two million copies. Um, I'm going to think it's more than that. All songs written by Walter Becker and Donald Fagan. Another duo, another tandem songwriting team. We just did our squeeze episode. Yeah. And we talked about Chris Difford and Glenn Tilbrook as a Functioning unit that was on the same page and and was able to uh get great things done musically and uh Walter Becker and Donald Fagan are no different
1: yeah i but I would say they're uh let me start by saying they're <laughs> slightly in the the opposite direction in terms of uh it's just, i it's just there's just something so funny about the their demeanor. And they're uh, just the way they carry themselves in the in the lyrics and the music itself. If they're so, they're they're New Yorkers. So, they're so deadpan. <laughs> yeah, they they could be Muppets. They could to me they're like Waldorf and Statler. They're so you know they could be very re- low key, very well, very cynical, yep. very deadpan, very sort of like they're just characters in themselves. Like it's it's you know and and but they're smart. Oh yeah, and they they carry that that intellectual air, I guess um on their sleeves and it's you know that well i mean the music it you know it shows in the music i mean there's no yeah. no doubt about yeah, it absolutely so, i yeah. mean
0: this is uh you know musical architecture at, yeah. a, at its finest and and we've talked about some other artists that are that are musical architects um and some that are not right we we've talked about some artists that there are different approaches to, to music, there to making music. And, and when we talked about Tom Petty and, and some other artists, there's the, the, the camp that you go in there and you pretty much rehearse the heck out of something and then you record it. Live. You know, everybody plays and records it in very minimal over overdubbing, but you get like the one take, and that's the master, and then maybe you add some backing vocals. Yes. Then we see musical architects like Brian Wilson that are building and creating sounds and, and layering and, and trying different things and using the studio as that instrument. Um, and we've talked about, you know, Lindsey Buckingham, the same way he does it as a self-contained unit when he does his solo stuff. Uh, we've talked about ELO. We've talked about some other bands as well that, that do it. Um, and I think Steely Dan has taken it to like the nth degree with this album, because this was kind of like the you know Asia, so it's it's spelled A J A. So if you never hmm. knew how to pronounce it, like aja or it's it's Asia, it's, it's Asia. like yeah. like the continent, right? <laughs> so <it's> very simple. <laughs> no, we'll we'll get that out of the way. At least
1: we've dropped not that to be confused with the band Asia, you know, the, that, the too. Super group, you know that too. that <laughs> too which was you know pretty much around the not too far uh, away. Yeah, not too, too far away. away. A few years later, so yeah, yeah. But so um, so what, what's what's your connection to Steely Dan? um they're actually right in my wheelhouse you know they 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 talk about being misfits and they you know there's several songs that they're you know even on this album uh deacon blues in particular they talk about someone being sort of different and you know kind of uh introverted and you know that's definitely me and so yeah i mean it's there's, there's no question as to why i love them um and musically speaking it's it's Everything that I love in terms of mixing, you know, rock with with jazz and blues, and you know, I've I've loved that kind of stuff from you know, ever since the early days with you know uh, a lot of the bands of the uh, period. But they they refined it to a certain to a certain extent that they just kind of it's very it could be very smooth it could be rough around the edges. I mean, it's just I. I think of uh, albums like Royal Scam, which I'm really, really, it's, it's hard for me because I actually, I actually really love that album, but it's so Mm -hmm. dark. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like a, uh, and it's the one right before this. So Mm -hmm. yeah, there's that, you know, there's that edge of like, which one do I like better? I I guess it depends on what kind of mood I'm in. But, uh, but yeah, I, but for me, I I didn't have a lot of their albums. So to speak, I had the greatest hits. I had decade of Steely Dan and I played the hell out of that thing. Mm -hmm. And then eventually, in the '90s, they released uh, Citizen Steely Dan, which was all their albums in a box set, and that's what I I had that mm-hmm. on CD. So I, I had the opportunity to listen to everything, you know, and then some. So yeah, um, like, but I got to know them later on more so then, you know. But of course, they were uh, you know with this album and a lot of their a lot of their other albums, it's songs all over the radio. I mean, there's, they have a yeah. lot of. And not necessarily hits, but like again, those FM staples that, yeah, you that hear, that's, you know. that's
0: the, yeah, the FM would go deep on them because yeah. they they have a lot of great songs, but and and they're 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 like you know classic rock staples and not necessarily chart hits. Kind of like mm-hmm. we talked about Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Led Zeppelin didn't have any really chart hits per se, mm-hmm. but everybody knows their their songs. And with Steely Dan, they're they're one of those. It's like Ricky, you know, Ricky don't lose that number and all all that kind of stuff is wasn't big as far as chart performance, but very popular just to be played on the radio. And, Mm -hmm. and then they would go even deeper. Like you said, you know, you said Royal scam, which was the, the album before this, which really didn't have a a whole lot of that. That was actually probably the weakest album in terms of, in terms of, in terms of hits
1: Singles, but it had
0: like the deep cuts, like kid Charlemagne and, and the Fez and stuff like that. And, and, that's kind of steely dan is, is is in that range where they're they're not chart toppers but the songs are, are recognizable and smartly smartly done you know and you and you're right about Royal scamos it, it was a more guitar heavy a little heavier on the guitar work them evolving to asia really is mm-hmm. what it is i mean you, you know you can this is one of those great artists that you can kind of listen to the discography and yeah. you, you kind of feel that they're getting there.
1: Yeah, it's the journey. Yeah, every you know, album yeah, they're getting there, and more then and Asia more sophisticated. Is, yep. is
0: is literally the arrival. Yeah, and then Gaucho is is could be called the overshot of it. You know, yeah, shooting shooting they... a little a little further, and and the results are are, are similar, mm-hmm. but not exactly the same.
1: Right, and then they would you know come back years later, which yes. you know, it's a little little acclaim. I mean, I was actually... Yeah. Gl- I, I was glad to see something new by them, but... Yeah, they won a Grammy for, for... Was it Two Against Nature? Was Two Against Return Nature. Album? It was a decent album. I, I mean, they beat it, out Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> they did. <laughs> like, Go figure. Yeah, yeah I just because they're so... So uh so uh eccentric and it's just odd. It's just a really odd sound that they have. And I, I just can't really put I can't really describe it in words. It's just thinking man's music. Yeah, I, I don't like, know. I don't I know mean, what that means. I don't know what that means, but I just but it 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 yeah, but it, it's it is kind of it it really is. I mean they you know Fagan is pulling references out of the air. Like he's talking about stuff that oh, god, yeah, nobody ex- nobody really knows.
0: yeah, he drops names, he drops alcohol liquor drinks he he has yeah, yeah. such a deep vocabulary and and smarts to pull from in
1: his right. songwriting or in their lyric writing that yeah it's it's not like anything they're really big film buffs as well i mean they and they go deep there we talk we're not just we're not talking like Star Wars, we're talking, yeah. you know, they're, they're digging deep, <laughs> they're referencing movies I've never even heard of. And, yeah. you know, it's just, it's, but I, I, I love that though. There's this, I don't, I, I don't find them pretentious per se. It's just, they just, they do it well. Yeah. And they, they're, you know, they're just, they, and they, I guess they don't really care if you, if you think so or not, you know, it's just, they just do what they do. And I, I, yeah, I, I love I, it. You yeah, know, they're
0: they're they're from that pedigree of the studio hound, you know. That's right. they, they yeah. you know, they made those decisions as well. You know, they they were formed in 1971. And if you're not sure what the name Steely Dan is, <laughs>
1: well, here we uh, go. This is it's it's
0: ta- well it's it's the the there's a, a novel by William S. Burroughs, Naked Lunch. Yeah. Um, and it's taken from the name of a sex toy from that yeah. novel. So there you go. That that's right. it. But originally they, they did they had a, a lead singer or another singer, David Palmer. Mm-hmm. And you'll know him from that song Dirty Work, which is probably the most un-Steely Dan sounding song. And that's and especially yeah. since David Palmer sings it, so it's not the the, the normal Donald Fagan stuff. Um it's easy to, to listen to it and you know you know that song, and it's like a classic rock song, but it's you don't immediately associate it with Steely Dan.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, it was I,
0: used to great effect in the beginning of American Hustle.
1: <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, I think that entire album has that feel, though. I mean, they're just, you know, pl- they just, I think they just at that point, they just wanted to do a rock and roll record you because know, they are real big rock and roll buffs. I mean, t- you know, they, they yeah. do talk about all the greats that everybody else is into and, you know, that kind of thing. So but they're also into uh, black American music as well. So which is it's what i like you know i i dig the r&b the the mm-hmm. sort of motown i like the jazz i like you know that kind of stuff so yeah
0: I, I yeah i, I think they know. morphed morphed towards that as they went along they because, do. like you said at yes. the beginning it was it was definitely more of a group endeavor yeah because you had skunk baxter uh who was a prolific session guitarist he would later join the doobie brothers you had De- mm-hmm. uh, denny diaz who was a, a expert virtuoso guitar player too? So it was this was a, a a band of musicians that were really good at what they did, and it in the beginning it was a band effort. Yeah, and and you know kind of the all for one, one for all type thing. And and as the years went on, you know Becker and Fagan asserted more control over the group and then eventually said you know what we just I think it was in 1974 was their last tour and they're like we, we don't want to tour anymore and this yeah, is they'd... not a, we this is a story that we have <laughs> we've told very, before yeah, yeah that sounds very familiar it, right? they're like yep. we want to write songs and be in the studio so that effectively kind of left the, these other members kind of out in the lurch they're kind of like okay well you know what so you know skunk baxter goes and, and he joins the, the doobie brothers Mm-hmm. Um, which Michael McDonald would, would join later on too. And, and Michael McDonald <laughs> yeah. figures somewhat heavily into Steely Dan and more so Asia. The later period. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so they just kind of got that, that same thing, the Beatles, right. The Beatles went through it. We don't want to tour anymore. It's just, we don't want to do that. Brian Wilson. I don't want to tour anymore. I want to stay in the studio.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: some other one, you know, Lindsey Buckingham preferred to be in the studio, didn't tour, but then embraced touring. Jeff Lynn, yeah. first day in the, in the studio, doesn't want to tour, but but recently tour. So you you get a feeling for these quote-unquote artists that are dedicated to the craft of music yep. and see touring and playing live as, I guess, maybe as somewhat of a distraction or a nuisance. Like, we don't, you know, that's not where the... It's part of the business. For them, it's not where the passion is, right? It's a
1: necessary evil. It is. It's part of the business. And they do have a, a great disdain. Like most artists, you know, the the real big eccentric artists, they always have it's the art over the business and, you know, there's a certain disdain for the, you know, the record business, but I mean, you know, you got to play the game sometime, you know, you gotta, yeah. you know, you gotta get out there and do what you gotta do. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I often read, you know, like little quips of, you know, <laughs> they're, they're both saying how much they hate touring and, uh, it, it's, you know, I actually did get to see them, luckily i got to see them right before walter becker died which was which was which was cool and they did perform the entire album nice of uh, asia i think it was I, I get i'm guessing it was the anniversary of the of the album uh so yeah that, that was like yeah that was like it was i think it was 17 maybe in, in pennsylvania that I think yeah, he, so well, he, passed, he passed away in 17 did he yeah you know, it wasn't that long after that i would seen them that he did yeah. that he passed away but he yeah. looked Perfectly fine on yeah, stage, sure. and yeah. and boy, they they sound great. I mean, they even the live show is is you talk about perfection. I mean, I I don't think I've ever heard a band sound that perfect mm-hmm. live. In in and in, in, in every band that I've seen, uh, you know, uh, you know, and there's there's some close calls there, but but yeah, they they were on point every 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 step of the way. The backing singers, the yeah, the you know, all the session musicians. Did, they, didn't you say when fantastic. you saw the
0: banana splits that they sounded just like they did on the record? <laughs> that is
1: splits. Why?
0: <laughs> hey, that, no. that wasn't them. No, no, <laughs> no. And uh, Steely Dan is also really good for that whole um, performing an album in its its entirety. I mean, they, they do would do that a lot, just unrelated to anniversaries or anything like, yeah, this, we're going to do Asia or we're going to do pretzel logic, you know, which, mm-hmm. which is great for the fans, if you're if you're into that kind of stuff, I think they. If I'm not mistaken, I think they used to at some tours. they used to have a, like a wheel, and they would spin the wheel, and whatever song came up, they would play. They did that. I think they did that. I think Elvis Costello might have done that as well. But I think they they, they did that. I don't at know if my they show. were the first ones to do yep. that, where they would have a wheel and they would spin it, and whatever came up, it's like okay, we're gonna we'll play actually, that. Yeah, they. I rem- I do remember that they yeah. did that when I saw them. Yep, that's balls. I mean, you got to you know right. You got to be ready for anything and. And everything you do, you know, you got to like, be right that, on point. Yeah, you yeah. got
1: to be, you got to be sharp to know exactly. Oh my God, we haven't played this in a really long time, but you, you do, you got to be ready. And, uh, and they were, they did, they did everything. They did, uh, oh, it was impeccable and absolutely yeah. impeccable. Even my brother was impressed, who was not really into this kind of thing. And he, we, I went to see him with him. and. And he was into it. He's like, yeah, these these sound great. And I'm like, no, oh, told you, this is what I like. You know, like he's, yeah. he's all into you know metal and that kind of stuff. And it's which is fine, but it's like I just I I prefer this kind of this kind of music. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's something I I, I don't know. I, I think when you go see them too, because they're so such perfectionists in the studio. Yeah,
0: I think you're going to get an elevated live experience because they're not going to half-ass it. Right? They're going to be right. committed to I, to replicating that as, as close as possible and and assembling musicians that can do it. So you're going to get like a high quality show when you do go see them.
1: That's right. I mean, even, you know, they'll, they'll do that. But on the other hand, I also like musicians who know how to expand upon what they do. I, I do, I do like every now and again, somebody changing the arrangement of a song. I mean, that, that takes balls to do that as well. People (laughs) like Sting, you know, who could take a police song and, and, change up the the entire arrangement, make it mm-hmm. slower make it faster whatever put horns to it whatever it whatever it, whatever it is whatever they're in the mood that to me is 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 looking beyond what was done as well so that you know there's that little bit of extra you know there too then you got to be on point with that as well so uh, in a live setting I, I i kind of enjoy it sometimes i don't want to hear the record i want to i want to hear something different you know but <laughs> I but always want of, to hear the record. But, but in case of Steely Dan, <laughs> though, because the music requires it is such, you know, it is, you know, very fine tuned and very, you know, you, you yeah. really don't want to see them go off. No, because I mean, they, they could jam this stuff out, certainly with the, yeah. with the with the kind of musicians they have with them. You They could certainly take it to that level and they yeah. can just, you but know, this is
0: all arranged music. I mean, that's the thing is that's why they stop touring. Is so mm-hmm. they can concentrate on creating the, this kind of layered music, and Asia what is is like the the pinnacle. It's yeah. the, it's the zenith of of what they were trying to do, and they did it in such a you know a way that is unheard of as well. Mm-hmm. With by this time, there really was no band left, so it was Becker and Fagan and studio musicians. Yeah, and and when we say studio musicians for Asia we got an army up up, up to four, up to 40 different musicians that's
1: right and for, for were,
0: we're involved in this in in one form or another and and if you look at the credits you know like who played on like who played on what song there's only 7 songs on this album okay mm-hmm. so you might think oh this is a pretty sparse album no but e- each song really is its own thing and but, but then the whole album melds. this whole album has a consistent tone and feel to it which yeah. is which I think is the thing too. It's not like some of these other albums, like we said in in the past, where it's it, it's contrasting and there's different like things, and that's the that's the point. With Asia, the whole out the whole package, like that's the the thing. Yeah, is is the package itself is is this whole thought is consistent and it, it's funk, it's jazz, it's pop, it's rock, it's a fusion of all that. And it, comes it all makes them. sense. It would it would sound like well, using that many adjectives would sound like this is a goddamn mess. Right.
1: But it's <laughs> coming know, to, in, to
0: pull that off.
1: And they knew exactly what they wanted, you know, both of them collectively. And if you think about it, I mean, each song, let's face it, they're pretty every for every song. There's a different, there's pretty much a different band playing. You got like maybe four or five different bands playing, you know, collectively on this album for each song. Yeah. So it could sound different. It should sound different. It should.
0: I and mean, the thing is it doesn't. They have, that right. that's the amazing that's the right. that's what I was getting to is yeah when you have using up to 40 people and, and <laughs> like you said it's not like it's not like pet sounds where Brian Wilson used the wrecking crew got got 15 people in 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 a studio and used them all mm-hmm. what 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 Steely Dan would do is one day there would be like five or six guys coming to cut a track yep. then the next day mm-hmm. five or six different guys would come in to cut the same track and they just kept on looking and searching for different combinations and different feels right who's you the know, best so, for, so you yeah as well arranged and as, as well thought out as you as this is you would think that they would know exactly what they wanted but they kind of didn't they kind of like yeah let, let's get another let's get a different guitar player in and let them try this solo and and that didn't work. So they would call another guy and, and, and say, come on in and, and take a crack at this solo. Yeah. Until they found like the right mix and meld. And that's the beauty. And that's why when you look at the credits, it's it's a,
1: you know, <laughs> somebody said it, it was one of the one of the guitar players and um, <clears throat> who, who said it. And he, he said they weren't looking per, per, for perfection. They were looking to make an album that you will enjoy listening to. And so they went beyond. They were looking over that fence of saying, "We don't just want to make a perfect album for us. We want to make this as as perfect for everyone out there, and we and, and be that consistent with it." And it is musically probably there. it's it is somewhat deceptive in its accessibility in terms of the music because it's very catchy. It's very it catches oh, yeah. you, and it's it's just it's so you know some of the really light and 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 sunny lyrically um, on the other hand it might be something totally different which is what they do you know like they they talk about like again they talk about stuff that i have no idea what the, what, what they're saying what they're what, <laughs> what they're referring to but it works it, it absolutely works and 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 yeah they totally refined it and made it uh it's it's, it's so it's sublime yeah that's probably the best word yeah this is like yeah.
0: this is like the album you come home from work you pour yourself <laughs> a glass of wine You Mm -hmm. sit on the couch, the lights are dim and you put on Asia and you just like, you know, you just let it take you away. It's just like that whole, it's like a, such a, a mood setting album. Yeah. You know, it, it kind of, it's its own, it's, it's like its own entity. When you put it on, it's kind of like you, you just got to like kind of sit down and just relax and, and listen to it and enjoy all the different the the workmanship. I mean, that's what this is. This is like literally like a piece of art. Yeah. The the workmanship that was put in, like you said, how loosey goosey and, you know, like with all these different people and not looking for perfect solos, but in not doing that, they achieved something perfect because they were just looking for the right sound. Mm mm-hmm. And they didn't know what it was until they just kept on cycling people. It just come on in and people are getting frustrated and, you know, oh, not mine. Okay. Well, yeah. Then the next guy would come in and they would do this with the drummers. They would do this with the bass players. Yeah. It wasn't just the guitarists. They were just bringing different, different drummers in. Cause they all have different, different styles and different ways of playing. And, you know, you got Rick Marotta and, you know, Paul Humphrey and Steve Gadd. I mean, all these heavy hitters and, That's and, right. uh, Jim Keltner from the Traveling Wilburys and Bernard Purdy. I mean, Bernard these are Purdy, these are yeah. these are rock jazz fusion drummers, you know, players coming from all these different disciplines on this album. And it, mm. you would never know. Mm. Right. Like you said, you would not know that this was not like a group of people, that this was like 15 to 20 different people. But it's engineered,
1: it's engineered to to a certain degree where you cannot tell. You could, you could swear it's the same band, every guitar to me. I mean, the tone of the guitars, it's, it, they're very similar. You really can't get a sense of like, well, this, this has, this guy has a very distinct style or whatever. I don't know how they did it, but they managed to make it sound like, like, like we said, it's very consistent, very, yeah. and it could be the very, you know, just the same group of people. <laughs> it's just amazing. It is one of the best, produced albums of all time in my opinion it's it's
0: uh, yeah i mean i have, a, I, have a, I have a really crappy vinyl version and it still sounds great and like yeah. i put it on like even with the pops and the cracks the, the music that's in there just you know is, is incredible i mean you've got a, like the first side only has three songs but it's got three like of the most iconic steely dan songs with black cow asia and deacon blues none of these are chart hits these right. are radio staples though Especially Deacon Blues, I think more so recently, I think that's Absolutely. kind of risen as like one of the deep cuts off of this album that people like.
1: that's my favorite like known track, uh-huh so to speak, but Asia, <laughs> but I love Asia I yeah. mean, the length of asia they did they tried to do something, they expanded it made it a. I think it's the longest song on the album. They got, they brought in Wayne Shorter yeah. on, on saxophone, who's, you know, the guys, the guys played with Miles Davis, for God's sake. I mean, this is like, you know, we're yeah. talking weather report. I mean, quality, quality stuff here, quality yeah. people, you know, so these are no schmoes, you know, like they, <laughs> they, they knew how to pick the right, the right people. And that's, that's, a, it's just a testament to, and the, 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 the idea of that, of that kind of, collaborative spirit where people come in and yeah i'll do it i'll do it you know, i don't You know, have to do this i could do my own thing i could you know whatever i go off and you know whatever but it's not the case here you know it's yeah. just they just bring them in and they you know yeah to make something special you know that's yeah. that's music to me that is i love that that kind of thing when that kind of thing happens unfortunately i don't think it happens enough <laughs> you know in this business where it's you know at each yeah. other's throats and certain bands and you did this and I, blah, 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 you know but it's i don't, I don't, I don't think you're
0: know. gonna i don't think you're gonna get away with this style of recording anymore too where no you're you're having people come in and you're paying them for the session yeah and then they go home the next day and it's like okay get get me you know these people bring them in and we do the same song and we see how it feels and we yeah. see what it is it's like it it's 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 kind of like an experiment. You know, there there is an end result that they're looking for, but they're not really sure, perhaps, what what mm-hmm. it might be. They're not going to know until they hear it. And the only way to know until you hear it is to try out all these different things, you know. And and then you get, you know, the the gem from this one or the, the big song is Peg, which is definitely one of their uh, yeah. best songs of all yeah, time. It, of you talk about catchy. <laughs> it's got that shuffle. That's got that dr- that shuffly drum in it. Mm-hmm. um it's got that just the, the the catchy keyboard progression and great vocal by 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 donald fagan i mean this i think this, that song like kind of encapsulates steely dan mm-hmm. yeah like if you're gonna play somebody steely dan you're, you're probably gonna play them peg or i don't even maybe or josie I think, yeah or josie yeah. you know maybe maybe hey 19 but as far as like what 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 encapsulates them it's peg it's just got the catchy, it's got the catchiness, it's got the, it's the whole thing, but in a pop, in a pop song, the like you said, the other songs are a little bit longer because they do expand on some of the musical ideas that they're trying to do. And that's where you, where you get that jazz feel, you know, because that's when they, they expand into those territories of, of a little bit more free form and, and some jamming, but it's not right. rock jamming. It's, no, it's it's in it's in the it's jazz. Textures. It's got the jazz flavor. Yeah, the, the with Asia, those...
1: it starts off really light, really you know, kind of smooth, and it just kind of builds, and it builds up. But yeah. By the end of the song, you're just wow, you know, it's yeah, that's amazing. The drums are going, and and yeah. the sax is just
0: <laughs> just rolling up and down, and yeah, and then and then it comes back down, and then it, then it. it comes back down again, and, and it returns to the vocal, mm-hmm. and and the vocal is just as as steady as it was in the beginning. It's not affected by all the soloing that went on like usually with rock songs that the vocals get a little more you know impassioned and and more as you kind of come out of those things and it's just kind of it returns to that that even keel and everything kind of pulls back yeah and it just you know up on the hill like it just kind of returns to it <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's
0: <laughs> yeah and it just kind of it, it, it's <laughs> it, 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 it's kind of a wave that comes over you and then it kind of recedes on 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 that song really good
1: yeah, just oh I, again I just to look at these two figures though. I mean they they do they like, look I I yeah, guess. they're that, I had so laughed. assuming they're
0: they're so not rock and roll.
1: Right. You know,
0: they're they're the, the, the thesis
1: To hear them talk about the album, I I you know, I I did uh in, in prep for this, I watched the you know the the classic album episode. Yeah, which is know. a great
0: documentary for anybody to watch. Right. It's the VH1 you know like classic yeah, album it. series and, and how they
1: break everything down and they yeah, go through you, each track and yeah, it's great. Yeah. Like, yeah, but to, to hear them like to sit when they're sitting at the board and they're just like, yeah, that was that was good. That was pretty good, you know. And they're just they're so like dry about it. Just so they just yeah, what not? A, yeah, we did some good stuff. And, yeah, very, know, cl-
0: well, they're very <laughs> clinical about it because that's that's how they <laughs> like, approach know. it. Like they don't yeah. you don't really they don't really approach it from like a a heart and soul point of view, which isn't necessarily yeah. a bad thing. They approach it from like a technical and you know how can we construct this so it sounds really good? You know, which 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 has its its appeal too. If you listen to this album, th- that's what it is. Is that's what happens when when people get together and they in 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 this type of a creative thing of we're going to create this. Mm-hmm. How are we going to go about it? We'll just yeah. haul, haul everybody in and home at last. Which is again, all these songs are kind of just all fit together to give you this overall feeling. And mm-hmm. and I I got into this late. I was not early on to the whole steely dan thing
1: Uh, yeah except for for
0: those albums that you you know except for the songs that you hear
1: i was surprised Um, when you said that this is one of your favorite albums um you know you had said that like whoa steely dan Surprise! i surprised i knew i was kind of like into him but i I kind of went off at like we have a a fellow uh, a friend a mutual friend who's really into him as well i remember listening to probably more with our friend john than Mm -hmm. than with you yeah, probably. But, I mean, one. I know you I I think you probably I think might the album that we probably all came together on was Fagan's Nightfly album. I was, was even so, later it, I was late to the game him, right? with that too. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But I, I was one, I was know. late. I was very late to the game. You guys were I, I was into I mean, I love the the song New Frontiers. I love yeah. that song. I that is a song. <laughs> that is very easily (laughs) when it ends, it gets played again. Anytime it comes on when that song ends,
1: I play it a second time. I I love the music video too. Yeah. Yeah, I just love that out. You know, like,
0: like that's a great companion to Asia because it's, it's another great, like just kind of piece of piece of work that, Fagan did you know it was his first solo album after after they broke up but
1: well um, i had like every album he came out com- comic harry had, mm-hmm. that sci-fi thing that he put together a little concept i have no, again no idea what it was about but <laughs> i, I, I do, even like later on he did it was a, a not you know uh in the later years it was a uh in the 2000s he put out another solo record and i got yeah. I got that I, ha- I have to and it's just you know some of them some of it's good some of it's not so great but it's just you know you just got it you know, it's like, Man, he's a very, he's a very compelling,
0: he's a compelling person.
1: He is. Absolutely.
0: Just as a, he just he, as a figure.
1: He even did, uh, one of the things I like watching on YouTube is, uh, criterion collection, uh, videos. People come into what they call the Criterion the closet. closet. Yeah. I've seen that. The closet videos. Donald yep. Fagan did one. I think he did one. They didn't have, they never aired it, but I know he did one, but he did do a top 10 like of, of movies. Half the movies he picked. i <laughs> I've never farty. seen, never heard of. It's just like you know, okay. but the <laughs> farty, way he dis- the way he describes him, his writing, it's just like wow, this guy is smart. <laughs> you know, he's you know, I would hate to be in a conversation with this guy because he'd be like, you know, <laughs> he'd be like he'd yeah. blown away, <laughs> you know. But uh, but yeah, I, you know, but yeah, I like that, that. I like that that sort of more esoteric, eccentric vibe that these these two, but they know what they're doing, and they they and they this is one of the most unique sounding. You call them a band, you know, if you call it a band, whatever, whatever it is, nobody sounds like Steely Dan, in my opinion. I don't think it's one of those like things where, you know, it's like the doors in a, in a sense, because nobody really sounded like them. Right. I and mean, they were kind of they were unique in what they did. And Steely Dan, yeah, no, I know, Steely
0: Dan has it has a niche in rock and roll that no one really occupies. I mean, there there is no one that you, you could, could argue. Southern, you could talk about Southern Rock. You could right, talk yeah, about you this. Another thing, and Steely Dan doesn't. There's not really a jazz rock.
1: You could type argue, you know, thing. groups like like Chicago, like in the early Perhaps. days. They well, we're going we're to get that, into Yacht Rock, which, which you know, will, but...
0: <laughs> which which is kind of a genre, but not really. But before yeah. we go any further, I think we need to talk about Michael McDonald also. Okay, because he kind of figures heavily into into this album, mm-hmm. and. Michael McDonald was kind of like Phil Collins before Phil Collins. Like this guy didn't say no to anything. Mm-hmm. So in, in in 75, he, you know, he joins the Doobie. He's recruited by the Doobie brothers. So, he, you know, because Tom Johnston was having some medical issues. So they needed somebody. And so they get Michael McDonald. But he's doing all this other like session work as yeah. well and he and he figures you know if you listen to peg and the backing vocals that is michael mcdonald you can't mistake that voice you can't mistake his no. voice he was all over you know he was you know with kenny loggins in that song this is it so michael mcdonald yep. was like in the background of so many songs but still with the doobie brothers and i think at one point they're like yo you got to you got to stop because you're you're kind of watering <laughs> down like our product really right because he's he's yeah. like everywhere but the but the vocal hoops that they put him through, yeah. because it's one thing to be playing a, a guitar solo or be playing a, an instrument a certain way. They needed him to sing a certain way. They actually needed him to sing chords mm-hmm. and stack and stack his own vocals, which he which he said was a challenge even for an accomplished singer like him. He's like, this is not easy to do. Of to sing. No. It's not the, the three parts of a chord and get it exact so when you hear stuff like peg and and some of the other stuff he does on this album again it's just all these different pieces from you know musical instruments to vocal instruments coming together and yeah. using and using these people and and he had, you know michael mcdonald had had sung on i think he was on royal scam as well
1: you'd be um, surprised what the human voice can accomplish And, you know, putting those, putting those track, you know, those vocal tracks together just by themselves, the isolated, amazing. It's, it's like a little symphony in itself and they they actually on the on the uh the classic they actually apologize and sorry michael we we did this to you <laughs>
0: but yeah. they
1: played they played all of those like the, those yeah. harmonies together it's it's and a yeah, great documentary if you want to really learn is. about
0: really how yeah. the sausage is made with with <laughs> literally with with music mm-hmm. um the, the steely dan documentary about this album it really is one for the books because you you get them like like eric said they're 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 on the board and they're sliding instruments back in and out and, and and they're actually finding stuff that was buried in the mix. Like, Oh, I didn't know. I didn't realize we left that in and, and or this yeah. was in here still, or, you know, like, Oh, do you remember this? We, we tried that and that. And it, it's great to see not only to hear the music, but to hear the thought process behind it and what, mm-hmm. what they were trying to achieve. And and that's just a that's big right. part of this album is just the, they, they went through all this work. So you could sit down and just listen to this thing and, and just really take the ride. I mean, it's, it's you know, it's, it's one of those albums, like you put it on and it's just like, boom. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. But you were talking about their sense of humor and how yeah. they're kind of ordinary guys. Well, on the, on the, Royal, in the in Royal Scam, they, there's an album called, I mean, a song called Everything You Did. Yep. There's a lyric in there called, it says, Turn Up the Eagles. Turn Up the Eagles. Yes. It, yeah. It's gonna, Eagles, The Eagles loud. heard that. And Glenn (laughs) Fry heard that. Don Henley, Yeah. (laughs) So they, they, they did respond. So since, since Steely Dan name checked Eagles, Eagles would go one better. And in hotel California, the original lyric was supposed to be stab it with their Steely Dan, but they changed it to Steely. Nice. Yeah. That's great. And, and Glenn Fry was like, yeah, well they, you know, they kind of name checked us. So we'll, we'll return the favor. So that's kind of a little interesting bit of a tidbit of trivia as well.
1: It's it's also the probably the most controversial song on the record because <laughs> it it's not it's yeah, it goes pretty deep, grows pretty dark. And that entire yep. album is all about crime. This, that's the current the reoccurring theme on that record. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not a concept per se, but it is like every it's song is about a, a different type of crime, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. They even talk about like this. Uh, the second song is about cave paintings that were done like thousands of years ago that they're, you know, like who, who talks about it Who like comes up with these <laughs> concepts, right? Like cave paintings that were proved to be like a hoax, I think. So it was like, they were trying people were trying to say that all, oh, you know, these, these people like, drew this stuff like way back in the day before, you know, whatever, but it, it actually turned out to be true. You know, it was, they, they, they did try to debunk it, but it actually came out to be true. But like I said, like who, who thinks, of, like who would think of like writing a song about in, that encapsulated
0: you know? in a song?
1: <laughs> exactly, and, and and put it in the context of like you know we're even talking about crime that that supposedly happened a th- like yeah. thousands of years ago. It's like show how like, far back esoteric it goes. they get, you know, like just weird,
0: weird yeah. stuff,
1: you know. Yeah, and like, and yeah, that would, and that that's the progression
0: is yeah. is they kind of got went through those different phases to get to Asia, which which again is the master stroke of their career. Mm-hmm. They literally. Started recording their follow-up right afterwards. Actually, there's there's it was a, there is a song that came out from this era that did not make it on an album, and it sh- it probably it, it would fit very easily on Asia. And that's that's FM. Yeah, FM w- was written for the soundtrack of this really disastrous movie called FM. It was the title track, and it was the you know the main song.
1: It's one of it, their best.
0: Yeah, it's just... A, it's, yeah. It, it fits. It totally fits in this album. It was recorded right at the tail end of, of of when they were finishing up Asia. They knocked it out, and it's got that same feel. So then they go right into the studio. They start recording their follow-up album. Mm-hmm. But it didn't get released for a few years because they ended up... They were on the ABC label, which is a really defunct and <laughs> ancient label. I think like the Osmonds <laughs> were on ABC or yeah. Partridge Family. I don't know who well, was on yeah. it, but... They they got bought by MCA, and with all the squabbles and everything that was going on, Gaucho, you know their follow up was Gaucho. It was ready to go. It got shelved for a couple of years because of all the issues with MCA and promotion and, and getting things done. Mm-hmm. It, it it finally came out in 1980, and it's kind of like it's it's really good. I I really like Gaucho, you know, and 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 it continues the themes
1: and it continues what they were doing. It's just a, a, a tiny bit slicker. It's was at that point. They just it's a little bit more of the same, I feel. Yeah. Right. It's but, a, it's but the sound is just of, it, it started
0: know. to get that sh- that
1: extra sheen on it
0: mm-hmm. of production. But it was a great album, nevertheless. But that, it kind of, you know, I think at, by that time the you know, the, the the bloom was off the flower. They were starting to also bicker. Becker was bickering, Becker bicker, um, <laughs> you, know, and, you know, and there was some drug issues as well. So at that point after Gaucho in 1980, they, they pretty much called it quits. That was, that was it for them, you know? Mm-hmm. And and so they, they, they had hit the pinnacle, had started working on the follow-up that just got, became disastrous because of the record company. And I think that just kind of, you know, ended everything for, for them. And they would go dormant for a long time. But like we said, Donald Fagan would, would start making some solo albums and yeah the the wonderful the nightfly it's got the song IGY What a wonderful world. I love that one Uh, New Frontier and oh God
1: Max Michael McDonald on that record too. Yeah he brought a lot of these people and do you think it sounds like Steely Dan? Can you really can you is there a difference do you think or what in gaucho? No in on the nightfly like his solo work.
0: Um yeah it it does sound Uh, a little different because it's I, it's throwback it's throwbacky
1: and i, I think, mean that in a good way i think gaucho is, is kind of climbing towards that that he because he was playing that those weird like he was starting to experiment with you blow into it it's like a it's like playing a horn but it's a keyboard it's got a keyboard time. on it. Yeah, yeah yeah you know you know what i'm talking about that mm-hmm. sound that certain sound that he, and he that was very prevalent on gaucho and and then it, you know of course he carried that over to nightfly so to me that's why that's why i think that's where it, it falls into that similar yeah. <clears throat> vein, you know, but yeah, uh, I, I think the
0: knife fly is a little bit more nostalgic because it does. It is about when he was young, when he was a kid yeah. growing up. So there is a, a different, a, a different point of view on it. And mm-hmm. and I, I think that's why it's a great listen too because it's very, the, the lyrics are very story driven and yeah, it's just a great one. Yeah. But what would happen is um, this term would, would start to be coined in around the early 2000s, like 2005 or something a new genre of music would emerge
1: called yacht rock. I, what? I, I don't, I don't know what that means. I you don't, don't know what I that don't, means. I, I've heard it. I've obviously I've heard it, but I, I, I don't <laughs> acknowledge it. <I'm>, it's it's, <laughs> it's stupid. <laughs> it's just stupid to me. It's like yacht rock. What are you, what are you trying to say? You know, well, like, l-
0: let me, let me give you some examples of yacht rock then. And you can tell right? me. Yeah. If, if they fit in. Okay. I'll, I'll give you so I'll give you just a handful of yacht rock. Okay. <laughs> You'll have bands, besides besides Steely Dan, you'll have bands like Ambrosia, okay. Dr. Hook, uh, Dan Fogelberg, Little River Band, Jerry Rafferty, mm-hmm. Seals and Crofts, Boz Skaggs, Pablo Cruz, yeah. Toto, and Gino Vanelli. What do you think?
1: So yeah, I mean, they're all kind of like light, breezy, jazzy, Adult-oriented rock, I guess, is what what it used to be called, right? Stuff. Middle of the road. We, we, actually, yeah. I think that was the term back okay. back then. Yeah. It was M-O-R. Of the road. What is yacht rock trying to imply, though? Is that is it because? it's smooth it's kind of jazzy it's okay. you know well so is this i also only, I think, this is stuff that only like what rich people listen to or, or no i i, I think that's what you would get the impression like, that oh you're on you're on a yacht
0: and you're drinking oh, champagne and you're listening we, to this there's a
1: certain air about these people exactly. that they're putting on that they're like oh we're like you know more no, sophisticated I, or something i no i, I, I think know. what
0: it implies I, is that the music is so well produced okay you know if you think about all those all those artists right like ambrosia yeah and yeah. and and these other ones they they all like Baz Skaggs, these are all well like well produced and well- made songs from these from these people right so mm-hmm. I think it's more the you know it there's no rough it, there's nothing rough like the who or or Zeppelin or a, crunchy like ACDC. it seems to be quote unquote like slickly produced music mm-hmm you know so stuff yeah, you would you I know if you it. were if you were at a party and you were with some friends on a boat, you'd be playing foreigner you know and and Kenny Loggins and Nicolette
1: Larson and you know that kind of stuff but uh, would, would you put Steely Dan in that category though I don't know I think they're they're a little bit of apart from that really mm, polished one I think wonder. their popular stuff fits in there they're their later
0: stuff I think the stuff from Asia and Gaucho absolutely fits into that mold. Of really well produced, fantastic sounding, yeah. jazzy. Uh, this is not. I'm going to say unoffensive, meaning that it's just kind of like "quote unquote" not challenging. But I would put. I would not say that Asia is 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 like that at all. But um, <laughs> I, I I think there. It's a it's a broad generalization for a, a style of music that's kind of stuff you would hear on light FM, I suppose. So in other words, it
1: could be also called yawn rock, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right are we are music, we that boring Are we, music we, to, we music love to this news by <laughs> are, do, are we that you know i don't know i i just it's just weird how this stuff comes up but i yeah. i don't pay attention to that you it, know. well they're running out of genres i like i like what sounds good you know yeah. so yeah i do like a well-produced album i don't think there's anything wrong with that no you know, it's not all Me punk rock and, you know, rough. You know, yeah, I, I, there's a certain there's a place a, for everything. Yeah, I have a certain ear for that. And there's a time and a place for that kind of thing, too. Sure. But this yeah. stuff. Yeah, I mean, all, I mean, if you, if you want to say, I mean, the 70s was full of that stuff. You could even put an ELO in that in that category. Yeah. You know, Chicago, certainly. Chicago, Chicago's yeah. on the list. They got Firefall, 10CC. You could put England, uh,
0: England, England Dan Dan and, and John, and John Ford 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 Coley.
1: Coley. Yeah. <laughs> Christopher Cross. So, yeah, he's on right? there too.
0: Yep. So all yeah. all that stuff, see so you are getting a feel for what yacht rock is. It's that kind yeah, of just that smooth kind of
1: smooth poppy music. I just don't for the term. <laughs> I find what? I find the term itself. Would you rather it be called kayak pop or kayak No, rock? I just I just think the term itself is rather <laughs> rather snooty rather pretentious Oh, absolutely it or, you is know what i'm it saying you, like it's it gives, just you know
0: it gives you the impression of oh this is almost hoity, insulting hoity. in a way because yeah. i when i was i liked
1: this stuff when i was a kid you know so, this well is you, had, be, you had you champagne know, tastes well there you go maybe i'm an old soul, <laughs> soul or whatever but i i don't you know so i do take offense. new canoe canoe <laughs> taking, a stand, taking a stand <laughs> <laughs> yeah i
0: don't i don't know why it, it is an insulting term because it does imply it's music for older people as well. I think it, yeah. A little bit of ageism when you hear the words yacht rock, you think of old people or you right. know, like these rich people and, you know, yes, yeah, So uh, hoity toity and uh, yeah. Steely Dan, if you go listen to, you know, do it again and reeling in the years, I don't think that's, that's not no. yacht rock to
1: me. Or, Listen to the album before Asia, Royal Scam. Yeah. It's, it, there's some, you know, some real gritty stuff on there as well. <laughs> so we're not when we're that's 76. So we're not, you know. Well, so, yeah, I you could say the limit the later stuff. Eh, I guess you could apply that to Sting. Artists like Sting and that kind of, you know, Phil Collins. And sure, certainly. But I I don't know. I don't find anything wrong with it. So. <laughs> I mean, I well, mean what go, do you go think? Sit, I go mean, sit what? on
0: your yacht and listen to Steely Dan. Well, what do you, you think? <laughs> How
1: do you feel about it? I mean, do you like the term? Do you care? Do you really care? Uh, I mean, it's it's funny.
0: Um, <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> it's funny because before the, right before the pandemic, before the lockdown, mm-hmm. I was supposed to go see a band called Yacht Rock Review.
1: Oh my goodness! And
0: they did all of this type of music. <laughs>
1: Oh my no! And that's what it was. It was it was like <laughs> this
0: type of thing. Like it was a cover band, but they did like all these artists. Literally, like the week that everything got shut down is when the tickets the concert was supposed to be, and uh <laughs> that's crazy. That was in twenty, you know, in twenty twenty, and uh it got it got canceled. So I never got to. So I, I don't have a problem with labels because, like you said, I, I don't care. You know, when we call, f- call it whatever you want. It it means what it means to me, no matter what the label is. Yeah. You know, it, it doesn't. And and this album, it I, I think this album kind of defies labels because it, it's not rock mm-hmm. and it's not jazz and it's not pop and it's not funk, but it's all those. Right.
1: You know, like and, it, and it's just like albums that could take you to you know, a lot of different places too. Yeah. And
0: I'm so sorry wow. that I that I came like so late in the game to this one. But but I guess I wasn't ready for it, you know. And and when I finally did, I'm like, wow, like, you know, I was really I was really able to appreciate it you know, and, and I think if it was something that was maybe pushed on me at an earlier time, I might not have been as receptive to it. Yeah. Well, you, nobody um, really
1: likes to be told what's alike. To you know what I mean? There is a certain, we all, we were all guilty of it. I think, you know, we're all like, you got to get into this band. you got, you, you know, you know, <laughs> what's the matter you, with you? You got to be, you know what? Do, you know Yeah. And the more somebody does that, I don't care who you are. You, the more you're going to, you're going to push against it. Exactly. It, it always, it, it it it's just the way, you know? Yeah. So there's
0: a way around that is, is you have to have people in your car when you're driving. So you control the music. see that was always my thing enough. <laughs> That's why I was, driving. I was always, I, I had the car, so I controlled the music and that was, you know, so you're at the mercy. <laughs> yeah. So you had, you had no choice, but to listen to some of the crazy stuff. There you one. go. Yeah, you're right.
1: <laughs> well, Dean had but the yeah, license
0: but, first, the car first. Yeah. Yep. But but so. yeah, back back when this stuff was in its heyday, it, it was not on my radar. I, it, you know, out, outside of it being on the radio, yeah, right? outside of like the hits like Peg and 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 Hey Nineteen and these other ones, Ricky, don't lose that number. Steely Dan was not on the radar for me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just kind of there. You know, like I said, you 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 and our friend Johnny got into the Knife Fly when it came out. But yeah, again, outside of like, oh, New Frontiers is really catchy and I dig it and it's got a clever video. It came and went came and went, you know, passed through my life. And and I don't know what, how I came across it again. I don't know if someone gave, I don't know if a a friend of mine uh, was replacing his CD collection. Mm -hmm. And I think he just gave me like all of the old ones. So like when the stuff gets remastered, you know, the old ones are worthless, whatever. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) And I think I ended up getting, getting these CDs. I'm like, okay, you know, okay. Like, and he gave me rush. He gave me like all these rush things. He gave me all this Rolling Stones and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to listen to all of it, but uh, you know, I was like uh, probably Asia was like the, the iconic album. Even if you didn't know Steely Dan, I was like, that's the one. Right. So I put that on. and I'm like, wow, you know, and that's what did it. Yeah, man. And this, this well, is like perfect you know,
1: album to start with. Although I, you I might, I, you, I,
0: you might be disappointed. I mean, if you start with this, you're
1: going to be disappointed in everything else. Well, well, I don't I know. I mean, <laughs> I, I, you could make a, a really good case for, for their greatest hits album, honestly. Well, yeah. But you know, <laughs> you know or or at the very least you know not the whole shebang with the box set but there's a, there was a two disc that came out in 2000 the story of two i think it was mm-hmm. called or whatever and that had like pretty much everything you needed you needed you know it had all the hits plus some of the deep cuts as well so you're you were pretty much good to go there so if mm-hmm. you were not familiar with steely dan and you just wanted to have something that's a good starting point as well but um but no, I, 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 you know, going back and listening to their records, yeah, with each album, they just got progressively more and more sophisticated. And, and like I said, you know, I keep bringing up Royal Scam, but these two albums for me are the are were the pinnacle because Royal Scam was like they got to that point, but Asia they refined it. Yep, that's and, what I was exactly
0: going to say. That know, is is refining like a you know yeah. putting that razor sharp edge on the music and. Mm-hmm figuring out like, okay, yeah, this is what we want. It's going to take a lot of work and we're, it's going to take a lot of people. It's going to take a lot of musicians, but you know, we're not going to stop until we've got it. Right. And they did, they Mm -hmm. stopped and, and I think they got it. And I think this is, this is an album that really needs to be listened to and just sat, literally sat down and listened to. I'm not even going to recommend put it on in the car. I'm going to like, like <laughs> no, usually we, oh, can put this on in the car and listen to it. But I, I'm going to say like, sit down. Like you, you gotta gorgeous. set the, you gotta set the mood for this. Like set the if mood. You set, if you set the right mood for this album, it's going to be magical for you
1: as well. If you well, if you can listen to it with headphones too, that would be even better. Um, but I mean, it has a really nice sound. You know, overall gorgeous. I think I think they tried to actually when they tried to remaster it. With the SACD and you know the 5.1 mix and all that kind of thing, they couldn't do it because they didn't have like the some of the mix, you know, the original mixes. So they they had to cancel the pro- both projects. They couldn't <laughs> they couldn't actually re release this thing as like these fancy like you know 5.10 o- audio yeah. thing. And you know, they didn't have just, the mix. They didn't they have the just masters. It just didn't exist. Yeah. They lost yeah. the the masters, which is a shame. Not just a couple of songs, but you know. It's enough. And, to, well,
0: we, we ended up know. getting what we got. Then I mean, and, yeah. and I'm ha- I'm I'm happy with it so as it be is. Happy
1: I with that crappy vinyl yeah. that you got because well, it's you know I don't
0: I don't need yeah. I don't need the remaster. I'm <laughs> I'm good with I'm good with it as it is. It doesn't need to be touched.
1: There you go. It doesn't need
0: to be tweaked. Album order doesn't need to be shuffled around. There's no complaints with this album. There is no nitpicks with this album mm-hmm. as well. There is nothing to nitpick on this album. It's just sit down and listen to it and enjoy. Yep. And yep, that's absolutely. that is the final that is the final word for Steely Dan there you on go. this episode. It's the album is a- Asia. Uh check it out. It's it's a top top shelf choice for us. It would it would go it would go into the Hall of Fame along with The Stranger from Billy Joel, which we inducted on, on Billy Joel's episode. <laughs> Another New York <laughs> artist as well. You see a theme mm-hmm. here. I think the New York artists have have a little bit of edge, or they get a little handicap a couple of extra points on our end. So. Yeah. I think so. <laughs> so that's that's going to do it. it should be <laughs> for the yeah, it should they they you know hometown heroes mm-hmm. that's going to do it for this episode of the 3324 podcast thanks for joining us we always appreciate it check us out on on social media we do live shows twice a month believe it or not that's our commitment to you is to not only have recorded entertainment but you can interact with us live we have a lot of fun so check us out there we go live on youtube and on facebook And like I said in the beginning, social media, you can catch us there as well. For Eric, this has been Dean. Thanks for joining us. We will see you on the flip side. You've been listening to the 3324 podcast with Dean Legiro and Eric Kuber. You can find us on your favorite podcast provider. So please like, subscribe, and rate to become a part of the 3324 family. Your feedback is important, so make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 3324 podcast and on Twitter at 3324p to join the conversation.